Exceptional Field Service Delivery creates, magnifies, and sustains exceptional customer experiences and brand loyalty. Welcome to the Super FM Podcast, Field Service Your Way, with me, Michael Israel. I'll lead conversations about critical issues in today's field service ecosystem with knowledgeable and experienced service management professionals. Now, let's learn something. Hello and welcome to Zuper FM Field Service Your Way with your host, Michael Israel. Michael, how are you? I'm doing great, especially as we approach the holiday season here. How are you? Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to a little bit of time off with the family and, and having a good time. Good for you. Now, I know you've got a guest on the show today. Who'd you bring on? I brought on Dennis Sadlowski, uh, and I'll let Dennis uh, introduce himself and give his background, but I'm extremely excited and pleased to have Dennis as a guest on this uh, podcast. Dennis, would you mind taking a few minutes and just telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? You bet, Michael. Eric, uh, good afternoon to everybody out there. You know, I'm an outside-in leader and a CEO and board member of multiple industrial companies. You know, and usually that's been all about energizing growth in, in what are otherwise state industrial companies. I'm a first-generation American, born to German immigrant parents, uh, avid former soccer player and now fan. And, you know, I've been blessed with an opportunity to lead several companies and use, uh, use that sports leadership as well in building teams. Uh, I've done it in some fairly large companies, led a $4 billion, uh, 12,000-person Siemens Energy and Automation as well as uh, smaller and, and most recently 400 million thousand person SECO Environmental. So uh, I've been around in, in a number of different roles and look forward to speaking today. Yeah, it's it's really great to have you on the podcast, uh, Dennis. I think your experience and uh, especially your philosophy about outside-in leadership is uh, very, very relevant in today's market. So having said that, would I could I ask you to... Uh, expound a little bit on the concept of outside in leadership. I know that's been a big part of your personal and business philosophy quite, for quite a long time. Yeah, absolutely, Michael. Outside in leadership for me is all about organizing the senior leadership in a company to make sure that they're building strategy, culture, and taking those key decisions in and around the company from factors that are happening outside the company. You know, things like the macro and ec economic environment and what's happening in the world and how is it changing. Uh, things like customers, of course, and, and what are customers doing? And can you get really close to lead customers, the ones that like to experiment in your field and try new things? It's about really understanding competitors and competitive tendencies, substitutes, things like that. And then technology as well. You know, a, a lot of companies, you know, talk and think about technology uh, far too often just considering what's in their company or in their industry. But when I say outside in technology, it's about what other technologies might be coming pending, um, able to influence the industry, able to influence the company, and, and then continue to keep that live as a part of the senior leadership decision making. Uh, I know that uh, you and I talked uh, oh, a year or so ago and had a pretty in-depth conversation about outside-in leadership, and I was really fascinated at the time that we uh, first talked about this. 
Can you talk a little bit about how outside in leadership is involved in and affects customer service and field service? Absolutely. You know, one of the elements, and I say one of, for me, has always been about connecting every employee to impact on customers. You know, how does my role, and, and that could be my role in HR, that could be my role in IT, that could be my role in any function within the company, but specifically in organizing that kind of ethos, your true touch points with customers, your service workers, your sales, your after sales, um, you know, really have a significant role and impact on both um, helping your customers feel the brand, but also turning back what they're learning from the customer base, from the outside, back into senior leadership for future decision-making. Yeah, that's great. I remember uh, uh, when we first talked, it was it made, it made me think of an old TV commercial. And I think uh, you may remember that I mentioned this, but years and years ago, there was a commercial on television and it was an American Airlines commercial. And it was about an executive in a company gathering all of his key executives together and handing each of them an airline ticket and basically saying to them, get out there and meet with our customers and find out what it is that our customers want and what they desire and how we can help them. So I thought the whole concept of outside and leadership was right along those lines. It's not about what we think inside the company that's really important. It's what our customers think about us that's really important so that we can adapt our business to make sure that we're meeting our customers' needs. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I remember the commercial as well. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, interestingly enough, in my last 15 years of leading different, you know, uh, companies and different profit and loss, I've always had it mandatory for my direct reports to meet with real and paying customers on a regular basis. And as I said, the, the sales and the commercial guys are always applauding that and it's you know easy for them. Um, but this also then goes to the head of HR, the head of IT, the CFO, you know, people whose roles aren't necessarily directly linked to daily customer contact and getting out in the field and, and bringing back those learnings. And I've had a number of interesting success stories or interesting stories that energize the business, identify things we need to do better, and, and then really translate that. So, you know, it always pays for that plane ticket effect that, that you're talking about with the former commercial from American. Yeah. So that's very interesting that you mentioned success stories. Could I ask you if you would uh, expand on a couple of those and give us a couple of examples? Well, you know, I can talk about a variety of things. If, if sure. you think about today's environment, um, and whether these are, are my personal success stories. But 18 months ago, you know, having the ability to sense the coming inflation and what's happening out there, it seemed like lots of us were feeling it, maybe everybody except for the Fed, uh, but then also taking the necessary action. So having the sense that inflation is coming, here's what's driving it, and taking the necessary leadership decisions to make an impact, to be on the forefront of price adjustments or various other actions that might be needed to secure, you know, a company's profitability in a market that's changing pretty rapidly would have been very important to protecting the company, you know, in today's environment. 
Mm-hmm. Today, today, you know, you have everybody speaking about recession and wanting to maybe talk us into one. So preparing yep. for the potential turn that could uh, happen in the markets, you know, in 2023, as we get close to turning the calendar, you know, is also an important thing to be understanding and, and to be reaching out to customers and sensing, you know, is that the reality that, that you know, we might be facing? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that you and I have also talked about, and I think it's closely related to the concept of outside in leadership, is a philosophy that we're trying to promote uh, extensively at Zuper, and that is the the concept of completed service work. And I know I've talked about that on some previous podcasts, and I've actually written a couple of articles about that as well. But for for the benefit of our audience that may not be familiar with that, let me just briefly explain. Completed surface work is the concept of, if you think about it uh, this way, when a field service or a customer service person is finished with the job at hand, is finished with the task that they've been assigned to repair a product or help a customer with a question or install a product, when they're finished, they're really not finished yet. The next step that we are encouraging people to be mindful of is to anticipate the customer's next question, the customer's next need, and to take action proactively to address that question, to address that need, to provide them with some additional information, some additional education that would be helpful and add value to them. So it's a whole concept of um, anticipating the customer's need and, and taking action directly without being asked to uh, address that need uh, in advance. So that's the concept of completed service work. Uh, to put it bl- briefly, when your work is done, your work's not done yet. Uh, so how, how do you think, and I know you and I've talked about that as well, but how, how do you think that relates to uh, outside-in leadership concept? Yeah, you know, I, I think the concept of completed service work goes hand-in-hand hand with, with outside-in leadership and the philosophical approach that I've tried to instill in the companies that I've led. Um, you're, you're effectively turning your service team into a strategic sales force as well um, in so doing. And you know what better way to get great insights back from your service team you know, and, and turning them into a sales force for the future uh, besides getting them to to ask, you know, what else can we do? But hopefully then also building that mechanism in uh, that, that brings that feedback and gets it through to senior leadership so that so that the senior leadership can also make adjustments in, in resourcing and, and resourcing the appropriate needs of customers. Yeah, I think that's a great point that you make about, uh, you know, adding value for sales and adding sales opportunities as well, because one of the things that uh, field service and customer service people can do for customers, in addition to just trying to provide them with some additional information that will be helpful and make their their job easier and uh, help them add value for their company, but they can also recommend new products, uh, new features, upgrades, uh, you know, firmware updates, software updates, et cetera, like that to the customers. And I think that potentially at least opens doors for the sales organization to generate more revenue with the same customer. Yeah, un- undoubtedly. And, and, you know, building that into the fabric and the culture of the company is really where you harness big success. 
you asked me about personal successes, you know, while I was at Siemens Energy and Automation, in my first two years as CEO, we added 500 million of organic growth, um, leading to record back-to-back years in, in all the financials. And so it can and does make an impact, um, these types of programs, and, and I've done it in multiple occasions. Yeah, it makes me think of a couple of examples for myself, and I know I've uh, maybe touched on these in some pod- previous podcasts as well, but uh, had a terrible experience when I moved into uh, my my new home here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, a few months ago, where the prior owner had not disconnected the alarm system, and all of a sudden, my alarm started going off, and of course, I didn't have the code because the prior owner had the code for the alarm, so I called up the alarm company, uh, told them my alarm was going off, and uh, they said, well, uh, you know, I'm going to have to transfer you to technical support. And the first message I got on the phone after being transferred was the wait time was between 50 and 105 minutes. Well, that's not very good when the alarm is going off. So <laughs> that was a, that was a terrible customer service experience. And I literally spent uh, three or four hours on the phone with them that day trying to get the situation resolved. So that certainly didn't engender any loyalty in me for this particular company, who I shall remain unnamed. On balance, perfect service, meaning no callbacks, no friction, no nothing, sometimes also goes unremembered and it's unremarkable. And so once in a while, just having, you know, like you do with your completed service work, having somebody ask, how did it go? What did you else uh, are you thinking about? What else do you need? triggers people to link the effective service that you're bringing with, with, you know, some kind of a thought reminder as well, and actually enhances the service experience even beyond just a frictionless, clear, you know, perfect interaction. So, yeah. so that too can, can help quite a bit. Yeah, I agree. And uh, on the, uh, on the reverse side of that experience, I also had a great experience with a a dishwasher that I had bought uh, several months ago and the dishwasher wasn't working properly. And I called their customer service organization, got a hold of a young lady and uh, she was very, very helpful, gave me some tips to try to resolve the problem, promised me that she would call me back later that day. And I thought, oh, sure, she's never going to call me back. Well, you know, she did call me back and later that day. And not only did she call me back later that day, she called me back a few days later to follow up and also scheduled a field service technician to come to my house to look at the dishwasher to make sure everything was fine. So that's a t- complete total opposite of the kind of experience I had with the alarm company. And that is what that is a, a perfect example of what I call completed service work. She was very interested in re- helping me resolve my problem. And she was very helpful in following up to make sure that the problem got resolved. She didn't have to do that but she did it anyway. So she anticipated my needs and addressed them without being asked. So great, great example, I think, of completed service work. I love that. I love that story. And and there's no doubt in my mind that that that's a result of senior leadership really bringing that consistent focus on customers and and through the kind of people they they hire, through the kind of uh, projected brand delivery that, that that they want to deliver. Um, those kinds of things don't happen uh, on their own just because you you got the right individual on the phone. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think your point is extremely valid. Uh, it's a top-down leadership culture, right? If that culture didn't exist in that company, and in this case, by the way, that company was LG. 
I'm proud yeah. to say who they were because they did a great <laughs> job for me. Nice. Um, but uh, she was, she not only had the right attitude, which I th- I'm sure was engendered at least to some degree by the corporate culture, uh, but she also was empowered to do things. Management empowered her to do things without having to stick to a very strict set of rigid rules that this is what you can and cannot do. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, one of my examples, and it's kind of the opposite, this uh, part of the top down, um, my head of HR uh, uh, was also, you know, required to get out and meet on a, you know, regular basis with real and paying customers. Uh, wasn't a thing he normally, you know, did in his daily daily mm-hmm. routine, but but he understood this was required as long as he was in my organization. And he was out on a trip with a customer and and they said, well, you know, it's interesting you're here because we're having problem getting product from you guys and and we're not getting any clear answers. And so, you know, he took it upon himself to get on the phone and, and try and figure out why was this particular product on back order and what was happening. And he learned firsthand how difficult it was to get to the right person, to get to the right answer, to get to that frictionless experience. And while it wasn't a perfect customer interaction, you know, that came back to the senior leadership team in, the, in our next round. And so that we could address it as a group and, and not just in that one instance, but systematically find ways to use technology, to use people, and, and to really have the right approach to make sure that these kind of customer experiences were not the regular ones, but but that we actually had an environment that was easy to get through and, and focused on getting answers quickly. Yeah, that's a great example of sort of getting out of the ivory tower, isn't it? And and actually going out on the road and meeting with customers where you get information that's in the example that you just provided, really invaluable in improving your business processes to the benefit of the customer. Uh, undoubtedly. And, and for me, again, as I mentioned on a few of my earlier examples, Michael, it really in, is can be enhanced in times of change. So times of change, like the onset of COVID, what's happening in the world, you know, where the world effectively is going dark, and we have no idea what's going to happen next. If you are organized to be sensing from the market and, and bringing information back into the organization, you'd be better prepared to make decisions, uh, whether, again, that's related to where we're at today. You know, the news, the media, people want to talk us into a recession. Is there one coming? Is it going to affect my industry? How? What are my customers thinking about their spending, about their service needs, et cetera? You know, those are things that when you have this well-oiled within your, your culture, um, also can help to sense when there are changes and turns happening in, in a market, in a product, you know, in a category. Yeah, and since you're bringing that up, you know, and I certainly hope that the talk of recession does not become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, but I think it's important in times of a downturn and in times of, of hard times and, and financial cutbacks, et cetera, customer service and service excellence is even more important than in regular times. Uh, because companies, a lot of companies, I think, are perhaps tempted to cut back uh, on customer service cut back on the investment investment in service, which is certainly understandable, but the investment in making sure that service is always exceptional, 
I believe would, and I believe the facts would bear me out, would be, will pay substantial benefits once the hard times are over. Um, I do believe you, you're onto something there as well. Uh, if and when I've led organizations through a substantial downturn, you also find you have lower dollar value kind of service transactions. And so while on the one hand, that would say you're in decline, but on the other hand, you, you have more of these lower dollar value. And, and, you know, as a leadership team, you have to figure out how do I deliver that top level service, that top level support, you know, even in an environment that, that might be lower dollar value. And how do I adjust my resources in order to adapt to a change in the market? Um, equally important is where's the trough and, and when does that curve move back in the other direction and being able to anticipate that um, in order to pour resources back into growth. That's also been a success factor for me in, in years gone by. Uh, if you really get a good handle on, on where that is and begin to add back uh, focused sales talent, focused new products ahead of a, a turn up in the economy or turn up in the business also can drive real significant market share gains. Yeah. You know, one of our, uh, one of our good friends and colleagues is David Knorr of the Knorr group. And I know, you know, Knorr, Knorr pretty well as I do. Uh, he, he has a couple of sayings that I'm always fond of repeating. And one of them is you cannot cut your way to profitability. So if you, if you just tweak that a little bit and say, you can't, it, instead of profitability, say, also, you cannot cut your way to high customer satisfaction. So that kind of goes hand in hand, I think, with what you and I are just currently talking about. Yeah. And, and at the same time, you want to be using technology, you know, sure. arming your field service people to use technology so that they can be as productive, as practical, while also, you know, today's technology allows you to be more productive and deliver a better uh, experience. So, you know, th there are ways and, and things you want to be thinking about is how do I make the right investment to uh, upgrade my, you know, customer satisfaction, my service, my service calls and, and everything while at the same time doing it in an efficient way. Well, I really appreciate you saying that because that that's an opening for me to do a little commercial. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we didn't. We, as we you didn't should, plan, Michael, uh, as you we, should. You guys have a great, great offering. Yeah, we didn't plan this either. So, yeah, but that's great because Zuper, uh, the Zuper field service platform does exactly that. Uh, it empowers organizations to be much more efficient, much more productive, deliver better service and more thorough service to their customers and actually uh, engage in a completed service work uh, culture and philosophy. So I appreciate you talking about that. So, you know, we're ending, we're getting close to uh, about 25 minutes here, I think. Let me ask you for a fi some final comments. What do you think is on the horizon technology wise, if you have some thoughts that will help service organizations even do a better job? Do you have some thoughts on that? Uh, well, what's on the horizon? A lot of the potential exists. And so how do you deploy it? Yeah. Um, one of the service calls that I had, you know, quickly went to download this app. I want you to take a video of, of what's happening, you know, with sound so that we can bring that back to the right service tech. 
Um, we're, we're, we're really close to being able to do that as well with AI based, yep. um, you know, techniques and the like to either, you know, forego having to send a service tech out and do, do some kind of DIY or just make sure that, that, you know, the techs are there and aren't on their third or fourth callback. I have a small leak problem with a sink and, and I will not name names either, but it's yeah. still a problem. And, and in the end, after four callbacks, they said, oops, we don't cover that. Um, you know, what kind of service is that? And, and something that we could have handled with technology in two minutes, if, if that was going to be the end point. Yeah, isn't that isn't that frustrating when that happens? And I I know unfortunately we all experience that. So, well, I want to call upon your vast experience as a, an executive in some very very large companies. Do you have any comments, advice, thoughts for uh, executives that may be listening to this about the next several months, next year? What are your what are your what's your advice that you would provide to people at this point in time in these uncertain times? Well, I, and for, for me, it's going to come back to that outside in leadership approach, you know, in certain times it, it's, you know, reactive to think right now we need to focus on productivity, you know, maybe that last, you know, five cents of equivalent uh, money off of the factory floor or factory floor equivalent in a, in a service or technology business. Um, but in times of, of where there's change and there's a lot of change happening in the world, really having your organization deployed where they're regularly bringing feedback from the market, from the customers, from the macroeconomic uh, shape of what's happening in the world, um, understanding competitors and technology, and bringing that back to the senior leadership dialogue and, and building the, the capability to take decisions off of that is what is difference making. It is difference making in an uncertain environment. It's difference making in a growth environment. It's difference making, you know, at a time when, when markets are pulling back and, and perhaps in some kind of recessionary environment. So those are things that, that I would want to be investing in and learn how to do well. Um, it, it's not necessarily a technical process. It's not necessarily a, a simple thing. But making that a part of your regular staff discussions, making that a part of, of how you operate uh, is only going to enhance your thinking around customers, your ability to, to make impact for customers, and also to adjust to any changes that might be happening out there in the market. Yeah, it's important to have that just become part of the corporate culture and that everybody believes that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Dennis, I, I think this has been a fascinating discussion with you. I really appreciate you participating. I'm, I'm very grateful for your experience and the knowledge that you've been able to share with us. And uh, perhaps we can do this again sometime uh, before too long. Michael, thanks for having me. It's uh, It's been a great environment and look forward to seeing the, your, your success there, Zuper, as well. Well, thank you very much. And I hope you have a great holiday season. You too. All right. Eric, back to you. Dennis and Michael, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for the time today and uh, just a bunch of great information. Uh, I think people really need to hear this stuff. So Dennis, again, thank you. Michael, of course, thank you for facilitating this and being a great host. And our last thank you always goes to you, listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Zuper FM Field Service Your Way with Michael Israel. 
If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when the guys come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. We humbly ask you to share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review. This actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Zuper FM, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Zuper FM, field service your way. Insightful discussions and advice that help you position your field service operations as a powerful force in building enduring customer loyalty. And remember this, when you deliver excellent service to your customers, you're also facilitating their ability to provide superior service to their customers, which strengthens brand loyalty among their customer base as well. Thanks again. Please join us next time.